Hey, real quick, would you like to join me for a fun and super practical challenge to increase your online visibility? The Visibility Kickstarter Challenge is hosted by my friend Alina Vincent, who, if you don't know, she is the queen of online challenges. <clears throat> and that means that this is going to be one of the most actionable, value-packed, and fast-to-implement challenges that you have ever been a part of. I recently used her challenge method in my last launch, and it was the most effective challenge we have ever run, and it was easier than any, ever, any challenge we've ever run uh, as well. It is completely free, so if you want to join me, I'll be there. Head over to jenlaner.com forward slash 084 to sign up. And again, that's jenlaner, L-E-H-N-E-R.com forward slash 084. You're listening to the Front Row Entrepreneur Podcast, episode number three. Welcome to the Front Row Entrepreneur Podcast, where you always have a front row seat for the best tips and strategies in online business, modern marketing, and productivity. And now, your host from her home studio in Shaker Heights, Ohio, Jen Blainer. Hey there, Jen here. So one of the things I hear the most from people is, where do I start? So when people opt in to my email list, meaning they go to my website uh, or one of my social channels and they they click to get one of the freebies that I offer, whether it's a checklist or a guide or whatever, I get their email address and then they get a welcome email from me. And at the bottom of that email, it says, reply back and let me know what your biggest struggle is right now or something to that effect. And I'm telling you, nine out of 10 of those replies are almost those exact words. I just don't know where to start. So that's pretty easy to understand given that there is some new social platform or digital tool that somebody is saying is the next big thing and you got to use it. And and we tend to think these things are going to be for sure be the silver bullet to grow our businesses. And for me, because it's what I do and what I'm interested in, I'm all over the place. I'm on every social network. And I suppose if you're a wine enthusiast or like last night I was watching 60 Minutes um, and there was an episode with Tom Hanks and it was all about his love of old typewriters. And he has a huge collection. He's got every one of those typewriters. So for me, I'm really interested in everything about everything when it comes to social media and digital tools. But for most people, more is not more. More can actually really be a liability for your business. But what I often see is that people jump out there on all these different platforms and really don't fully develop their profiles. So you've got this hodgepodge of stuff out there, but here's how it can hurt you. So next time you're on your computer, log out of your browser or go into incognito. That's a way of, there's a little thing up at the, at the top bar that allows you to go incognito. And do a Google search of your name. And we log out or go incognito so that your computer doesn't remember you. Otherwise, it's going to show you the results for you as opposed to the results that your public sees. Okay, so you're going to type in your name and you're going to notice that one or two things will likely pop up first. It's either going to be your LinkedIn account, if you have one, or your Facebook account. And you might have spent a ton of money on that brand spanking new website, and that's where you want people to go. But unfortunately, 
If, the, if, if they're finding you through Google, chances are they're more likely to click on your LinkedIn profile or your Facebook profile. So you know what they say about first impressions, right? So you need to make sure that wherever you are on social, you've got your profile as optimized as it can be. That is where to start. And I'm going to take you through this step by step. And I'm going to put all these steps on a checklist for you. You can text where to start, all one word, to 44222, or you can access the show notes at jenlaner.com forward slash podcast. And before we dive in, I want to remind you that the Front Row Entrepreneur Podcast is brought to you by the Front Row VIP, the number one training community for anyone interested in creating or growing a business online. Not only do our members get full access to our trainings library, including in-depth practical courses and workshops, you also get step-by-step guidance in twice-monthly live coaching calls and monthly mixers. You also get to tap into the expertise of myself, my team, and hundreds of entrepreneurs just like you in our VIP forum. These guys have your back every step of the way. So if you're serious about growing a successful online business or using digital tools to grow your offline business, you need to be a part of the Front Row VIP. So go to frontrowvip.com for more details. So the first thing I want to talk about and where I think you need to start is actually with your photos. If you're going for an interview or a client meeting, my guess is that you do everything you can to look the part, right? When you're building a business or a brand online, especially if you're the face of your brand, it's really, really important to look the part, more so even than in real life, because in real life, your shirt might be a little wrinkled or your pants might clash with your socks, but there is a context. You might have a nice laugh or penetrating eye contact, not the weird kind, but you know, just like that good eye contact that shows me that you're really interested in everything that I'm saying, or maybe you smell good. I don't know. But online, how much more one-dimensional can you get? The only thing that you have is really the image that the person sees, because you're looking at someone through a flat surface, your computer screen or your phone screen. And the only opportunity that you have to play the part, so to speak, is to have some really great photos. And by really great photos, I do not mean the ones where you put on your pearls and go and sit in that beautiful wig back chair in your living room that your nephew takes of you, even if he is taking a photography class in high school or something. What I hope you'll do is find an actual person who is an actual branding photographer or lifestyle photographer. That's what you're going to put into Google branding photographer or lifestyle photographer and see what comes up and look at their work and see who looks like the right person if you like their look and it looks like they're doing branding shoots for people's websites and social media channels then give them a call and have a talk and this can be expensive i mean you could pay anything between $300 and i would say you know $5000 depending on you know, if you get some really well-known branding photographer. And if you're in a small town, it might be that nothing really comes up. But something to consider is that if you're taking a vacation anytime soon, you can actually 
why not do the photo shoot at your vacation spot? Just bring the right outfits and uh, make sure to get your hair done before before the shoot. But hey, there's a salon right there at the at the resort, right? So that can work out really well also. Not to mention the fact that you could very well have some beautiful ocean setting or mountain range or something as your background. So when I started my business, my husband really thought I was crazy because, you know, I came back with like a thousand photos that I had taken at this branding shoot. But I knew from my research online that the people who I was trying to emulate who already had successful online businesses, the Amy Porterfields, the David Seitman Garlands, the Kim Garce, Mari Smith, all those people, they had these photos that were all similar in that there were certain poses that people struck, you know, whether it was sort of pointing to the side or pointing up above their head. There was always that obligatory one of looking shocked or overwhelmed or super happy. But they had a library of images that popped up on their social media, and there would be graphics that would be over top of these, whether it was their own branding or information about a certain sale or a special or whatever. But this is one thing that I saw that all these people, these experts had. And I also noticed that when I would sometimes see someone online, like a coach or a trainer or a digital marketing strategist or whatever, and they had you know, some great picture, I realized that I was clicking on these people because they look legitimate. And I suppose that's really what I'm trying to say is that when you have a professional photo done, when you're talking about branding your social media channels and your website and optimizing them to make a good first impression as your starting place, then you really need to look the part and looking the part legitimizes you. So it looks like you're super successful and you may not have client number one. And that is actually exactly my story. So I did not even have my first client when I went out and did this photo shoot. And I left them pretty generic other than, again, the obligatory like shot with the the laptop on your lap or you know, holding the phone like you're talking to someone on the phone. You know, I did all those, but because I wasn't exactly sure what my business was going to be, I kept them pretty generic. So now four years later, I still use many of those photos from that first photo shoot. And of course, at some point, I'm going to need to update them because I'm just getting older and I don't want to frighten anyone when they see me in real life and have them like, you know, what? You are not the same person that I saw on your website. So of all the things you're going to do to invest in your business, I don't think that this is one of the steps that you need to skip. And on the contrary, I really think this needs to be at the very top of your list if you're serious about building your business or your brand online. Okay, the next thing that I want you to think about is your call to action. Because as you start to optimize each of your profiles on social media, You need to be thinking about where it is you're trying to drive people. So there has to be a point to having a presence on the social channels to begin with. So are you trying to drive them to your website? Do you want them to call you to make an appointment? Do you want them to send you an email? Do you want them to opt in to give you their email address so you're trying to drive them to a landing page uh, for a freebie so you can get their email address? 
You need to be clear on what it is you are trying to accomplish because, and you've probably heard this before, but we don't want to build a house on rented land. So we're optimizing the way that we look on all these channels, but it's not the channels necessarily where we want people to stay because we don't own those channels. We don't own Facebook. We don't own that Facebook group that we that we started as thriving as it may be. Those belong to the social network. So if something were to happen, if you were to get kicked off for some random reason, uh, or let's say they went out of business, whatever the reason, if that closes down, then what? So most people like to drive the traffic from their social to their website. And the more people who visit your website, the better it is for you because it tells Google, hey, this person has good stuff around the uh, subject matter of manicures or face painting or whatever it is. This person has credibility because they're seeing a lot of traffic coming over from social media. And that's what we refer to as search engine optimization. Because now when someone goes to type into Google balloon twister or face painter or eyelashes in Cleveland, Ohio, your page is going to rise to the top because of all that traffic that you were sending in over from social. And so I know I'm getting a little bit in the weeds here, but I just want you to see the whole big picture and the whole reason why You want to have a call to action and to think about why it is you're even on that social platform to begin with. That's going to really have play a big part in how you optimize whatever particular channel that you're on. Now, the the next thing that you want to think about is your branding, okay? And this can be really so simple. You can make it complicated, like you can make a chocolate souffle, right? Or you can make a Betty Crocker box cake, but either way, you're going to end up with some chocolate cake. That's kind of how I feel about branding. And that is not to discredit all the branding experts that have made this their their life's uh, passion and their life's work, because truly branding is a very deep topic. And there's whole courses that are written on this. And there are whole companies that do nothing but branding. But as it relates to you and your online business, or the branding of your offline business on social media, there's just a few key things I want you to think about initially. Later, you can make it a lot more fancy, a lot more uh, involved or meaningful or whatever. But for your purposes, just think about a couple of things, okay? So when I started my business, I knew that I could go down this rabbit hole because it's so fun, actually. It's really fun to explore Pinterest uh, looking for you know, all the color palettes that are there or to look at all the different font palettes that are there and to look at other people's logos. And and you could spend hours, days, weeks, months, you could get stuck there so easily because it's fun. It's creative. It's like someone telling you that your job is to flip through beautiful magazines, right? It's that's That's kind of fun. And also it keeps you away from doing the real work. So we don't want we don't want you to do that. What I recommend is pick a font, pick a color, write down the hex code of the color, and you're off to the races. Okay. So the what I did was with my business is I picked hot pink. 
It's not that I've always loved hot pink. I just thought, all right, I need a signature color. I need a signature color so that whenever someone sees this hot pink, that they think of me. And so I had to commit to a color and it just seemed like hot pink would be a good one to to commit to. Like I knew I didn't like red. I didn't want blue. I kind of wish I would have done yellow, but anyway, it's pink. It's pink. Okay. And not only is it pink, I have learned that my pink is hashtag EC2390. And the way that you're going to figure that out is you go into Canva or PicMonkey or one of my new favorites, spark.adobe.com. Don't worry, it'll be in the show notes. And you can sort of drag the little drag the little doohickey around on the color wheel and pick the color you want, and it'll show you this little hex code. And that is the color that forevermore you can use to make sure that you're always being consistent with your color across your branding, across all your social channels, and your website. Okay, and then for the font, you need three fonts. You need a serif, a sans serif, and a, can't remember the third one, but let's just call it text. Okay, so the the first one is like a headline font, and it's it's that's the one that you use sparingly. You're not going to use it a lot. It's sort of eye-catching. Maybe this is where you get to use that fun, pretty cursive that you like, okay? Then the second one is more of a subheadline kind of font. It's it's bigger than the font that you would use in the body of a paragraph, but it's eye-catching. So it might be like a subheading. And then the third font, it needs to be just like basic paragraph font. And you can go into Pinterest and look and see the way that they pair fonts together, but you just need to pick three. All right, write down the names of the ones that you pick and then move on. Do not get stuck in in all the gazillions of choice because choices, because whatever you pick, it's going to be fine as long as people can read it. Make sure that it's not so fancy that people cannot make out what it is that is written. So now you have got your photo, you've got your uh, brand colors, your fonts and stuff picked out. So you're really now set to optimize your social channels. So now it's what social channels? Well, just about everybody, everybody should have a Facebook business page. But when somebody Googles you, they're actually not going to be taken to your Facebook business page. They're going to be taken to your personal profile. Now, depending on how you have all your settings for each individual post, people are or are not going to be able to see things on your personal page beyond just some basic, like your your header picture, maybe your profile picture, and a few other things. And the way that you're going to know what's visible and what isn't is whenever you go go to your Facebook profile and next to each post, if you see the a little icon of a globe, that means that it is completely public, all right? And if you don't want it to be, then you can change that. There are some other options. So I know what you're thinking. You're like, well, gosh, you know, I don't want them to go to my personal profile. I want them to go to my business profile. But there are things that you can do about this. And what I have on my personal profile is up at the top, There is a professional image of me from one of those photo shoots that I just mentioned, actually from the first photo shoot, I believe, and in Canva, canva canva.com, and I put some type in there and it says, I'm Jen Lehner, this is my personal profile where you will see pictures of Jake and Zach and Eddie and my dog, Ruby. 
if you're looking for my business or something like it just says Facebook business. And then I think I put the URL to my Facebook business page. Also, very often overlooked by people, but really, really important is in the about section of your personal profile, make sure and put click here to visit my business page and then put the URL to your business page. Because if you're engaging in a Facebook group, like even if they're not coming over from Google, let's say you're engaging in a Facebook group and someone clicks on your profile because they want to know more about you, it's going to take them to your personal profile. And this happens to me all the time. And I don't, I can't figure out where the person works or what they do or anything. So you want to make it super easy for people. Okay. And so that's how you optimize your Facebook personal profile. Now we're going to talk about your Facebook business page. So I really feel like everybody needs a Facebook business page. We talked about this in the last episode, but, and I, and a lot of my B2B people, business to business people will say, you know, my, my audience is just not on Facebook. Yes, they are. And unless your audience is 30 or under, or I should say under 30, they're on Facebook. There's 2 billion people on Facebook. So that just means, you know, the odds are that your people are on Facebook. And the thing is, we don't care whether they are on Facebook from their C-suite office or, you know, from behind a desk between the hours of nine to five, whether they're wearing a suit and a tie or whether they're flipping through Facebook on their iPad while they're watching the football game on the couch. We don't really care where they are. We just really care that they're seeing what we are sharing, right? They, that they're seeing our messaging. That's what we care about. And so that's how we need to be thinking about it, not in terms of my audience are accountants. And so therefore, they're only on LinkedIn. They are on LinkedIn, but they're on Facebook too. So I think by default, when you're wondering where to start, absolutely start with a Facebook business page. And I've got all sorts of lessons that show you how to actually set up a Facebook business page. But in terms of optimizing it, You want to put in that beautiful photo that you had taken as your header, your banner. And in that banner, you want to do this. You want to put some text on top of it that says, click here to blah, 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 whatever. Click here to learn more. Click here for my free ebook, whatever. And then put a little button, like a picture of a button. Now, the button is not going to be clickable, but that whole banner is actually clickable. So when people click on it, another thing kind of pops out to the side, and that gives you an opportunity to write a whole bunch of information, to put links to wherever you want to send them. So that's a really good thing to do. The other thing to remember to do is to either create a video. And and on that note, you could put a video in your header now too, which is very cool, a very cool thing to do if you have a good video to put up there. And down below, you want to pin either a graphic that really sums up who you are and what you do, pin it to the top of your your, uh, Facebook page or pin a video there. I really love the idea of having some sort of, of short explainer video there because honestly, nobody has time to really dig deep and figure out what you're doing, which brings me to another point, and that is just be really direct about what it is that you do. I see a lot of people who will give themselves some sort of clever, cute, catchy title, but if you're a life coach, you're a life coach, okay? If you're a a business coach, you're a business coach. You're not a empower 
empowerer of humans and problem slayer. You know, like I just made that up, but but that is, you know, it's just you just I I really believe in just as straightforward and clear as your messaging can be is one of the best ways to optimize your branding um and your social channels. So the next thing we're going to talk about is LinkedIn. Chances are you probably have a LinkedIn profile. What I would say here is that, and it's really important to pay attention to, is that header title underneath your name. There's a there's a title that goes right underneath your name. Change that title as often as you need to. You could change that chi- title with every new promotion, with every new blog post that you do. It only takes a second. But the thing is, that phrasing that is attached to your name, follows you everywhere on LinkedIn. And people actually read that. And you may have noticed that there's, sometimes there'll be people that have their things like um, searching for new uh, uh, opportunities. So they're looking for a job or looking to hire a managing director. You can put things in there that are very dynamic and maybe, you know, uh, that are going to expire soon. So the, the that title is only going to be good for a week. Well, no big deal. It takes two seconds to change it to the next thing. The other thing is your summary. So your summary is really important on LinkedIn and it also needs to be super direct and it needs to state who you are, what you do and who you serve. It needs to be written in the first person, not the boring third person. People tend to think of LinkedIn as a as a resume. It's actually not. And the name of the game is standing out. And so being able to to tweak each of these social channels in a way that makes you stand out is really what we're striving for. Okay, so also there, there's a place, there's a banner um, on LinkedIn that you want to utilize. And then in your summary, you can in- you can insert all sorts of multimedia, everything from slide decks to videos, images, GIFs. You name it, you could put it in your summary. And I really encourage you to do and make it colorful and interesting and not boring. Okay, Twitter, my dear Twitter. I love Twitter so, so much. And Twitter gives us a ginormous banner. Uh, You'll notice when you log into Twitter, especially on your desktop, it is a really huge piece of digital real estate. Take advantage of that. Just like we said with the Facebook business banner, put your message on there. It should say, be sure to get my free ebook, whatever it is, and then put a, you can't click on the Twitter banner, but you can put a, a link, like type out the link on there. I have on mine a bit.ly link and bit.ly is basically, it's bitly.com or you can also get there by going to bit.ly, but basically it allows you to put in a huge ugly link and then it spits out this really short, pretty link that you can use. So you can put a little shortened link there to whatever. Uh, You could put a link to your website and it could say loud and clear in your banner. I'm a life coach. I help people get their lives together. That's not very good. Let's see. I am a triathlon coach. I coach triathletes through their first Ironman competitions. Very direct. Who are you? What do you do? And then just like on Facebook, you can pin a tweet to the top of your Twitter profile, and I really recommend putting an explainer video there as well, because whenever you follow someone on Twitter, very often they're going to click back over to see who you are, and when they get there, they need to see that you're someone that is relevant to them. 
With Pinterest and optimizing over there, if you're on Pinterest, I would not rush over to start a Pinterest account um, as one of your places to start. Unless you are e-commerce or you have a something like a boutique in your local community, Pinterest is fantastic. But as a starting point, I just don't know that I would I would go there first. However, if you already have a Pinterest account, the way to optimize your profile there is to start thinking in terms of keywords. So Pinterest is really a great big fat database. It's not so much a social channel. It's more of like a Google. So people go in there with a mindset of improving their lives, of purchasing things, and they will type stuff in. Uh, into that search bar to find that stuff, okay? And so in your paragraph description, it's about a paragraph, I can't remember how many characters, in your bio, you first of all, you want your subtitle or your heading to be um, descriptive of what you do. So mine is the social expert. It's not great. It'd be better if it was like digital marketer, but I was late to the party. So it's like the social expert is the title. Then in the body um, of the, the paragraph, it's very keyword rich in terms of what I do. I'm not looking at my profile right now, but I'm sure it says like digital marketing strategy, Twitter strategy, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so Instagram, Instagram is on your Instagram profile, you have a, pl- a place to put a link, but you only have that one place to ever put a link. And I've just come across a fantastic free resource called link tree and I'll I'll link you over to it in the show notes. But what it allows you to do is if people click on the link in your Instagram profile, it allows you to list all your other stuff on this one page. And it and it's and it's formatted specifically for Instagram, which I love. It looks great on mobile. People click on that link on the link tree link and they can see the link to my podcast. They could see the link to my Facebook group and so on and so forth and my website. Also want to consider using emoji in your profile and also making your title uh, descriptive whenever possible. Wrapping up now, in summary, I would say that the most important things and hopefully your takeaway is that you need to get a good set of photos. Then you need to think about your branding, your call to action, what it is you're going to ask people to do, where you're going to direct them once they get to your social channel. And then we're going to make sure that each of our social channels, wherever it is that we decide to be, whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter or Pinterest or Instagram, we're going to make sure that our messaging and our images are really on point so that we make a great first impression. I've made a great little checklist for you. You can get that checklist by typing where to start, all one word, to 44222. You can also check out the show notes over at jenlaner.com forward slash podcast. So I'll see you next week here on the Front Row Entrepreneur Podcast, where you always have a front row seat to the best tips and strategies in marketing, online business, and productivity. Fast Company recently listed Jen's free online classroom, The Front Row, as one of the top 10 groups to join before quitting your day job. If you aren't already a member, join today. It's free. Just search The Front Row next time you're on Facebook.